For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Believe in Kansas City Sports with Darren Smith. I am, of course, the illustrious host, Darren Smith. Uh, Look, we're back for another episode, and on tonight's episode, we're going to preview once again uh, another Kansas City Chiefs game. Of course, they're coming off of their loss to the Buffalo Bills at Arrowhead Stadium on last week. And so with me to talk about the game this week, he is a good friend of mine. He is the host of the Spoken Podcast. You've uh, heard him on my Sports Radio 810, the ship with Darren Smith show throughout the summer. Uh, He is Mr. Lance Twidwell. Lance, uh, how are you doing today? Better than I'm actually finally talking to my guy, Darren, again. It feels like (laughs) forever since we've done a show together. So needless to say, I'm in my happy place once again, man. Well, I appreciate it. Look, man, let's jump right into things. Um, I've got to ask, you know, your initial thoughts on the game last week between the Bills and Kansas City. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you could take anything other than utter frustration from that one. I think we all came into that game expecting the Chiefs to establish themselves once again as the face of the AFC to show the world that they can still uh, withstand all the controversy and all the pressures that come with that name, with coming with being, you know, wearing the crown. Heavy, Heavy lies the crown, as they like to say. And I went into that game fully anticipating the Chiefs are going to go in there and do just that, and they did everything but that. They went in there and got their their stuff kicked in all game long. I, I as some people have been saying, they got blown out twice in that game with that long <laughs> halftime, and you saw that there was just no adjustments. It looked like the Chiefs were lost on both sides of the ball. I was at the stadium that night, didn't get home till about almost two a.m. So it was an all around frustrating night, man. We got rained on. The Chiefs got rained on by the Bills as well, and Josh Allen's out there hurtling grown men. It was a very frustrating night as a Chiefs fan as a fan of this team, as a believer of this team, and they got a lot more questions than answers Answers at this point through five weeks. Of course, uh, the Believe in Kansas City Sports with Darren Smith is, of course, on the Believe Podcast Network. I uh, want to thank you for downloading, subscribing, and following the page. Uh, make sure you do. It is it is on all your platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, as well as iHeartRadio. Uh, and iHeartDike.com. Uh, this Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs travel to Washington, where they will be taking on the Washington football team at FedEx Field. Uh, the Chiefs come into this game with a two and three record. Washington football team also has a two and three record. Now, shockingly, these teams have met ten times, Lance, and the Chiefs lead the all-time series nine games to one. So that's the best percentage in the history right now of of any of these uh, two franchises facing off against one another. So, but with this game, Washington coming in 
into this ball game with a 33-22 loss to New Orleans on last week that they suffered at home. Andy Reid is 19-11 and against the Washington team. Of course, that was mostly during this time. Actually, it was during this time uh, while he was the uh, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, them being in the same division in, in the NFC East. Patrick Mahomes uh, still leads the league uh, with touchdown passes at 16. They're led the Washington football team by Taylor Heineke. Looking at this game, uh, and you're looking at it offensively, Lance. I know. Uh, I know you mentioned on on one of your on one of your posts on the spoken post that you talked about what the Philadelphia Eagles did, uh, what they were averaging coming to the game against Kansas City when the Chiefs went up there to Philadelphia and faced off against them. And of course, they had better stats and points uh, coming out of that game. Of course, the same can be said for the Washington Football Team. I think they averaged about 25 points heading into Sunday's game. They averaged about 350 yards a game uh, of offense. Let's look at it from the offensive side of Kansas City and the defensive side from the Washington football team. The Chiefs, uh, they're about 420 yards worth of uh, of offense. Patrick Mahomes, of course, they would probably be, be undefeated if they didn't have so many turnovers. I think they had like 12, I think the last 11 turnovers that they that has come have been from Kansas City, which has led to, you know, three Actual, basically three out of the five losses that they've currently have right now. What are you seeing that the Chiefs can do against the Washington defense, who last year they were number two overall. This year they've taken some steps back. How does Kansas City rebound in this game against the Washington football team? The, the simple answer is they just don't turn the ball over because you see how well this ball, this this Chiefs offense moves the ball and how they can score at will. I know that that Bills game they looked lost a lot of times, but you've seen over four of the last four of their five games this year. When the Chiefs are clicking, there is nobody that can stop them. It doesn't matter what defense it is. And Washington was actually one of the teams I was very big on beginning of this season. I thought they were going to be like a 49ers team of two years ago where they had a mediocre to average at best quarterback, but a really stout defense and good run game with some talent around that quarterback to get them far into the playoffs. Well, that this Washington team has been nothing close to what I anticipated and what they built off of at the end of last season. What this what this Chiefs offense can do against this team is very it's very simple. They get out and open, they get out in the open in the flats and they let Tyreek Hill and guys now if Tyreek Hill plays, of course, but McCole Hardman and these other speedsters allow them to create in space, get the ball out quick out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. Because if you notice something that Washington's defense has done well, is they've been able to get certain pressures off quarterbacks on stunt blitzes. They've done a lot of creative stunts. Jack Del Rio has done an incredible job at getting creative of how they've gotten to the quarterback. Chase Young has not been what we expect him to this point but i do expect them to get right at some point i don't think it's going to be this week i do think the chiefs are going to score points but again the chiefs can't go out there and expect patrick mahomes just to go out there and try to make broken play after broken play they need to be precise they need to be efficient without clyde edwards hilaire i know people dismiss that a lot because andy reed is not a run first uh, head coach doesn't like to run the ball very much at all but at the same time losing clyde edwards hilaire and his abilities to get out there and create an open field is going to be something the chiefs are going to have to overcome especially against a young motivated defense bear in mind they're retiring sean taylor's number at the stadium i think that this might be a little bit of a cover piece because of some of the controversy washington's had over this last week with emails and such but nevertheless this is something that's going to motivate their team and their fan base to get them fired up because sean taylor is one of their most beloved players ever the chiefs have have, i think they have an interesting matchup against them but i do expect them to move the ball and score points uh i'm you know look 
I'm expecting Kansas City to kind of move the ball officially because, as you kind of mentioned, the struggles that the Washington football team has had thus far, uh, they're actually, you know, just as bad as Kansas City with giving the ball away versus being able to take the ball away. Kansas City, again, they've had 11 turnovers. They've only, they've only, uh, uh, you know, come up with, with, with or force four turnovers against their opponents. It's four and seven for the Washington football team, respectively. Obviously, they're led by their head coach, Ron Rivera. He is a defensive-minded coach. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that obviously they're going to try to get after Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, one of the things that we have to talk about, as you kind of mentioned, is uh, the Chiefs are befuddled with injuries all, all of a sudden. Chris Jones hasn't practiced the last couple of weeks. He didn't practice again uh, as we're heading into Sunday's game. Traverius Ward, uh, he has a quad injury. He did not practice this week. Tyreek Hill has a quad contusion uh, that he suffered in the game against against uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. So he hadn't practiced this week. And Joe Thune fractured his hand, even though he didn't come out and, and, he, and he completed the game. He hasn't practiced all week. So you, that's still kind of a game-time decision. Blake Bell, uh, the tight, the backup tight end to Travis Kelsey, has been out uh, all week with the back injury. And even though Kelsey kind of suffered a, a head injury stinger, so to speak, he has been able to uh, practice this week. Anthony Hitchens has been limited. Uh, in practice this week due to a knee injury, uh, Jaron Reed took the day off. Uh, took the day off Thursday uh, for personal reasons. But Chris Lambert, as well as right tackle Lucas Niang, they had uh, they were all full participants. Even though Niang suffered a kind of hamstring injury coming out of uh, Sunday night's game against the Buffalo Bills. So again, we and I, I'm sorry. Let me correct that. Anthony Hitchens did return as well as Jaron Reed. So he he was out a couple of days ago for personal uh, for personal reasons. But when you look at what they've got going on, and uh, you know you look at the or you listen to the names and the list of injuries, I mean I, I guess the I guess the good question would be whether or not Kansas City can actually you know I mean whether or not they'll have the bodies to contend with with Washington. And granted, while they should be able to do so. Uh, just based on talent alone, talent alone hadn't gotten them to where they want to be right now. Yeah, Darren, I, I you, I could not agree more. Because here's the thing: going into last week's game against the Buffalo Bills, the one thing the Chiefs had going for them is they were mostly healthy. I know they had key players like Frank Clark banged up. I know Chris Jones has been banged up. I know Shervarius Ward's been banged up. But every single team deals with injuries, and Willie Gay obviously as well with his turf toe. But for the majority of this season, the Chiefs have been able to stay healthy, especially on the offensive side. Well, like you just mentioned and you alluded to, that's no longer the case. So the Chiefs are now going to have to make an adjustment to their adjustment because they're reeling as a team right now. They're they are struggling to stop anybody on the defensive side. I know we'll talk about that probably in a second. But on the offensive side, you've seen defenses start to figure some things out about how the Chiefs are approaching each and every week with those cover two defenses and basically not even blitzing Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the, the Bills had 76 defense defensive plays last week and only blitzed one time and they were getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes they were making him struggle he had to throw the ball into the turf and into the ground and to the opposition's hands a couple of times and several times in the ground because of that very fact because guys weren't getting open there was no space he couldn't create with his feet there was a lot of struggles this team had and so now that they're banged up now that Joe Tooney's banged up now that they have real questions at starters across the board you're right Darren this is something the Chiefs are going to have to figure out and figure out within the next 48 to 72 hours Otherwise, you could see them lose to a team they have no business losing to. 
Yeah, and, and to that point, I mean, obviously I could go through the list. I mean, Antonio Gibson returned to practice on Wednesday for the Washington football team, but they, you know, they were without Curtis Samuel, who who, who didn't practice this week, uh, or Cam Sims because of their hamstring and groin, respectively. And so, you know, look, we talk about Joe uh, Joe Dooney, who, who was out this week, and Lucas Niang, while he, he returned to practice, again, he's still, he's still kind of limited in what he's able to do. If I am Chase, uh, uh, Chase, Chase Johnson, you know, I mean, I'm kind of licking my chops as it relates to what we're going to be able to do against this Chiefs offensive line. Uh, I'm sorry, Chase Young. I keep I don't know why I keep calling him Chase Johnson, but Chase Young. Uh, I know he's going to be licking his chops. Uh, Montez Sweat, Darren Payne, obviously Cole Holcomb. I, I, I mean, this is this is kind of and and again with 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 uh, Tyreek Hill limited, you know, not being able to practice at all this week, it's going to be able to slow down Kansas City's uh, offense. Obviously, Chiefs fans are going to be hoping for more uh, of more involvement with the team that they, they hopefully that they put together for Josh Gordon this week. But I don't know if we should be putting a type of pressure on Josh Gordon. Hopefully, players like McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson are able to step up. But I also think this is going to be, I think this game will actually showcase uh, the skills of Daryl Williams and and uh, and and Jerick McKinnon uh, in Sunday's game because of the absence of Clyde that was the lair. Yes, absolutely, and that's actually my that was going to be my next thing to say because just a side note when you brought up Chase Young and these other young talented defenders on the on the Washington side, you have to remember a couple things. No matter what, regardless of what the Chiefs' record is, this league respects that team. They know that this team has been back to back Super Bowls. They know this team is prestigious and at will can beat you at any given time. So this is the Super Bowl for a lot of teams. I've, I've said before the season started, the Chiefs are going to be playing 17 Super Bowls this year, at least from the other side, and how that other team is going to approach them each and every week. They have that much respect from each one of their opponents this year. And so you're going to see the, the Washington football team utilize this game the exact same way the Chiefs are going to utilize, or at least we're hoping they'll utilize it as a get-right game. Because we saw the Chiefs in that Eagles game. You can make a, a decent comparison between the Eagles and the Washington football team as far as where they're at currently in the standings and from as far as young talent is concerned. You saw the way the Chiefs were saying, you know what? We're just going to have to score touchdowns on every single drive. We're just going to have to outscore this team because our defense can't stop a nosebleed, and that's just where we're at. I think that's how the Chiefs are going to approach this one. The only difference is you're looking at a team on the other side that has a defense that can go out there and make your life a living hell, unlike the Eagles can. So, yes, the run game is going to be, I think, at the utmost importance, which is why it's so inopportune that Clyde edwards gets hurt now because this was the kind of game where they needed to really rely on their stable, really rely on their horse, and that's what he is. Daryl Williams is a capable running back, but only in certain levels and volume, only in small sample sizes. He's not a guy that I think can go out there and give you 20 rushes and, and 97 yards. I just don't think that's in him. I think he's a good, solid back. So Jarek McKinnon is the guy I'm looking at, and there's a reason why they brought up Derek Gore, because I think they saw something in preseason in this guy. I'm not saying he's going to get snaps this week. I'm not even going to say he's going to be active. What I'm saying is they are, they are looking at all options now, because I don't think they believe in themselves that Darrell Williams is the guy that's going to carry the load this week. I think you're going to see a lot of screen passes to Jarek McKinnon, especially with Tyree kill isn't going to give me a go and to your point about the other receivers McCole Hardman the one one of the few shining bright moments of this game was McCole Hardman's production in that game against the Bills he had a quietly effective game and he's been quietly effective this season if the Chiefs are wanting to get the ball downfield it's going to be on the back of McCole Hardman getting out there and breaking open against those safeties and corners yeah McCole Hardman I think he had nine catches in last Sunday's game against the Bills I think that was one of his best games that he's had in his uh, young young Chiefs career Look, uh, talking to Eric Bieniemy on on uh, on Thursday at the presser, I did ask him, you know, uh, whether or not they were confident 
and what Daryl Williams can do, whether or not they would change anything different as it relates to play calling. Uh, because you know, like they always brag about how they how they coach their backups to be starters. Well, we'll see because we'll see whether or not uh, your play calling resembles what you said. So we'll see how we'll see you know what happens with that, and we'll look at that after that initial game. Now let's flip let's flip the side of football. Taylor Heineke, he's passed, he passed for 248 yards last week against the New Orleans Saints, and he has two plus touchdown uh, games in three of his last four starts. So. He can stress the field. He can get the ball into the end zone. Again, I, I, you know, we'll see. We'll see what you know how the injuries hold up. The, you know, he does have Ricky Seals Jones uh, as a tight end, Terry McKellen, Adam Humphreys, who led the team uh, with the season high seventy three yards on last week. I'm a little bit nervous. You know, look, I, I you know, talking talking with Spags and and, and seeing Kansas City defense being highlighted, so to speak, or low-lighted if you look at it on national television this week. One of the things that they talked about was how porous Kansas City's defense was and basically said that their defense is trash, is garbage. Um, And it's kind of hard to disagree with that. You know, I brought that up to defense coordinator Spagnuolo, Steve Spagnuolo, during the press this week. He actually agreed that their defense was not good. <laughs> now, however, he didn't agree, you know, and to his credit, did, did stick up for one of his players, you know, when I pointed out, you know, some of the deficiencies. But be that as it may, how do you see the Washington football team squaring off with the Kansas City Chiefs defense? Who is ranked number 32, the last of, of all the teams in the NFL in defense statistically? Darren, I'm concerned, man, because at this point I'm looking at this schedule and I don't even think it really matters who the Chiefs face on the defensive side. I think whoever they face at this point is going to do what they want to do. And that's not me trying to be a pessimistic person. That's not me trying to be negative. That's me looking at what it is. Because, again, you brought up, you brought up my, my, my post about the Eagles game, how the Eagles to the, that point of the season were only averaging around 360 yards a game as a team. Or, I'm sorry, 370, 376 yards as a team, as an offense, and about 21 points, roughly 21 points a game. Well, they go in there and they drop 30 points on the Chiefs, and they drop 461 yards. Now, the Washington football team is very comparable to the Eagles' offense as far as production this season. In fact, they're a little bit better in the scoring column. They're averaging over 25 points a game this season. They've yeah. actually they, they've had very ups and they've had a lot of ups and downs. Begin early in the year, they were really bad. You, you could tell Tyler Haneke was learning to wait, his way to get back into the offense and get acclimated. But here's the thing. They're now getting healthier. You're talking about how Curtis Samuel's finally starting to get back. That's a key guy they went and got this offseason. He's a yep. damn good receiver. And so now, against this team, I talk about the get-right thing. It isn't just going to be for the Washington defense. This is going to be for the offense as well. And Taylor Henneke is one of those quarterbacks that knows this is his time to prove himself in this league, and he's going to be the guy that feeds off of that crowd. And we know that Washington gets raucous, man. That crowd likes to get involved, and they like to be that 12th man out there, a very underrated fan base. And you see whenever these teams start to get any type of momentum early in a game against a team that everyone respects, like we talked about with the Chiefs, you know that crowd's going to be behind him. He's going to feed off that. That's why it's imperative not to bring back up the Chiefs' offense. That is why it's imperative that they score early touchdowns to give their defense a little bit of a cushion because we know they're going to need every bit of that cushion, Darren, because the teams like to beat the brakes off them because they don't have any answers at this point because it all starts with the pass rush. And Taylor Henneke is a quarterback that likes to create in chaos. 
And there's going to be plenty of chaos for him out there. He's going to be able to do his taxes in the pocket. So he's going to be able to get his thing, his, his, the ball downfield. This Chiefs defense is going to have a long, long Sunday, man. And I just, I'm nervous about it. I'm just going to be totally real. And I would love for this defense to prove me wrong. But until they prove me wrong, until they can keep an opponent under 29 points once this season, how can I give them any confidence, regardless of who the matchup is? Yeah, of course, the Kansas City, they average 31 points a ball game, which is one of the best in the league. However, they give up 32, so it's really hard to win games when you're giving up more points than you're able to score. And, you know, one of the things that I've been uh, – that's been bothering my spirit for years is the fact that the Chiefs love to defer the football. And I'm always trying to figure out why you want to put your defense on, on the field first when – you know they struggle a lot. Now, every now and then they will, you know, they will get a team to go three and out. It's rare, but it, it, it has happened. I think it actually happened once this year already. So be that as it may. And then of course, uh the Bills last week won the coin toss and they had Kansas City start off uh first. And I think Kansas City might have gotten a three oh lead if, if not if if they didn't uh uh, turn the ball over on downs, whatever. So I, I can't remember exactly how that how that play, but I think they did score a field goal. But be that as it may, you know, look, Tyron Matthew, yeah, you know, his his first game against Baltimore, he had two interceptions, including a pick six. He hadn't had anything since then. He hasn't he hadn't had any real big plays, hadn't didn't have any uh for real any big tackles on last week. Obviously, Daniel Sorensen is someone um uh, who the national media and Chiefs fans all over the country have highlighted as someone that uh, his play has been less than stellar, so to speak. Can't take anything uh, away from Frank Clark. He is someone, uh, as well as Chris Jones. Chris Jones didn't play in the last game, but, you know, the Chiefs, the highest paid players on, on that squad, especially on the defensive side, is Frank Clark and Chris Jones, and they've been they've been disappointments this season thus far. So, yeah, I'll let you talk on touch on that right quick before we go further yeah frank clark is making 1.4 million dollars per game this season and he's got less ta- he's got the same amount of tackles as marcus kemp and i don't know if you know this but marcus kemp's not a defensive player so there's a real problem here and i think that goes without say is he i think that frank clark right now is currently the ninth highest paid defensive player in the league and he's been one of the worst nine worst defensive players in the league as far as starters are concerned just based on availability alone it's well, just- i believe pro football focus has them ranked 108 out of 108 so there- <laughs> There you go. So he's definitely bottom line. They confirmed it right there. But on on the Chris Jones thing, look, I'm not going to be – I'm never going to be a guy – I made this rule a long time ago that I'm never going to be somebody that criticizes someone who has an injury, especially if it's a legitimate one because we – look, man, they're athletes and they go through things, and I know these guys are competitors, and if they could be on the field, I believe Chris Jones would be on the field. I I know Chris Jones is a competitor, but Joe Tooney didn't do him any favors – by playing an entire game with a broken hand, and we know that Chris Jones just has an, a wrist injury or a hand injury, whichever one it is, it just didn't do from an optic standpoint any favors for Chris Jones. So there's something there that Chris Jones needs to prove again, and that he can get through injuries like that. We don't know the severity, at least I don't know the severity of it, but it must be bad enough to keep Chris Jones off the field because, like I said, he's a guy that I believe can will play each and every time he's given an opportunity. When it comes to Dan Sorensen, this is something that I, I have to – I have to address directly when it comes to Steve Spagnuolo because the debate is how much responsibility does Steve Spagnuolo own right now? Because it is true. Steve Spagnuolo can't go out there and cover a guy. Steve Spagnuolo can't go out there and, and, and blitz a quarterback. That, that Those are all valid points. But Steve Spagnuolo can also use his eyes, just like you and I can, Darren. And unfortunately, for some damn reason, Steve Spagnuolo is using his eyes a lot differently than you and I because we see a Dan Sorensen out there that is the worst starting defender in the league right now. 
that is missing more tackles than some teams right now, Darren. That's a real problem. For instance, into five games this year, Dan Sorensen has half as many missed tackles as the entire Broncos defense. He has 12 missed tackles. They have 24 as a unit. That's a problem. And you have a guy that you drafted and traded up for in the second round just two off seasons ago in Juan Thornhill that you refused to play. Dan Sorensen played 100% of the defensive snaps last week, and he couldn't look more lost than he did. He looked like a guy that didn't come from BYU. He looked like a guy that came from DeVry University. He looked like an absolute walk-on, and they're sitting out here defending him. Do I believe it's all on him? No. But he is 100% a massive problem. You can't keep throwing the problem out there and expecting things to be different. I know the theory's out there. Well, this must mean that Juan Thornhill's bat worse. How can you definitively say that when we haven't seen enough Juan Thornhill to know that? I know the coaches know this team better than we do. But my eyes tell me what my eyes tell me. And Darren, unless you can point to me to the direction of some positive plays from Daniel Sorensen, I've seen enough of Dan Sorensen to know that he ain't given us any positive plays. We need to make a change. The Chiefs have to make a change at that position. But it all starts. It all starts with the Chiefs not getting pressure on the quarterback. If they can get adequate pressure on this team, on the, on, on the opposing quarterbacks, all of this gets changed, at least to a, a much much lesser degree where this defense isn't giving up 32-33 a game because you're making the quarterback actually work. Man, I was seven rows away from Josh Allen last Sunday. He didn't break a sweat on the first three drives, man. Like, it did not look like it was – it, it looked like a scrimmage out there. It looked like he was wearing a red jersey out there and you're not allowed to hit the quarterback. <laughs> That's how bad it was, man. So they got a lot of problems. And the last thing we need to be hearing from the defensive coordinator is justification why they keep throwing Dan Sorensen out there because there are no excuses. No, nah, no excuses whatsoever. And, and I will say this because I don't want people to think that I've been coming down on, on sort of actually defending them this week. I will say he, he did have at least one good play this season. That was when he tripped up Baker Mayfield and forced him to, to, to an interception that helped secure a Chiefs win. Other than that, I got nothing for you. So, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I, I might be a mean cuss, but at least I'm fair across the board. So I do want to make sure that I do. I did point it out that Dan Sorsen actually did do something positive thus far this season. Now it was in the first game, you know, <laughs> much sense, but he did do something. Uh, before we get out of here, I, I do want to get your key to the game. Let's say if you're the Washington football team, what's it going to take for you to win that ball game? Convert third downs. If you're converting third downs against this Chiefs defense, you're going to control the tempo. You're going to force Patrick Mahomes to have to play hero ball. If you notice, in 2018 and in this season, are the two seasons where he's already had the most interceptions of his career in a single season. He had 12 in 2018, and he already has six this year. Do you know there's any coincidence to the fact those are the two worst defenses he's had to this point? He feels that he has to play hero ball, whether that's right of him or whether that's wrong of him. It doesn't matter. The fact is this defense puts a lot of pressure on Patrick to try to score at each and every drive. If Taylor Henneke and that, that Washington football offense can control the time of possession and limit the Chiefs' possessions, you're looking at a team that's got a really good chance of winning this game at home on Sean Taylor Day. On the defensive side, it's really simple. If you get pressure on Patrick Mahomes and create turnovers again, we're talking about the same game for the fifth for the sixth straight week man where this Chiefs offense just couldn't get out of its own way it it it, 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 it fell into the pressure of having to score each and every time or feeling like they have to score each and every time due to the lack of defensive defensive support and if they play that type of game again we're talking about the Chiefs going down two and four I will say this uh my you know my spotlight for the Chiefs and what they the keys for them to win is as, as you mentioned uh you know it's got to be turnovers for Kansas City they need to 
the defense, it needs to start from the defense against. You mentioned defense needs to get pressure against against uh, Heineke and that, and that offense, uh, and that, especially that offensive line on the Washington football team. Also, the defense needs to force and create turnovers. Give the Chiefs offense an extra possession. Give them, you know, give them something to where it's just not a back and forth type situation. Create some sort of momentum. Even if they try to go forward on fourth down, make your stand. I mean, if you can, you know, if you can limit them and force them uh, to, you know, to get a turnover down, that's essentially a turnover because of the, you know, because of the field of play of where you'd be at. Obviously, Kansas City, they just need to not turn the ball over. You don't turn the ball over. We're not having any type of discussion. We're not burning, you know, we're not burning buildings down. We're not setting our hair on fire because we're trying to figure out what's going on with the Chiefs offense. Yeah, look, they can still run the table and go 14 and 3, and then we'll be like, oh man, we were we were going crazy earlier this season. But I think for Kansas City, it's all gonna go down to one, effectively run the football. Don't don't rely so much on Patrick, you know, and try to have long, long drives so you can give your defense as much time as possible. Keep them on the sidelines as best as you can. Look, I, I'm not, I'm not someone who thinks that they that Washington will be able to go up and down the field, but I'm also not going to leave it a chance with this defense as well. So I will say that uh, before we get out of here, Lance, give me your final score and your prediction on this game. I'm in battling back and forth, but I'm going to stick with it. I think the Chiefs, like I said, are going to move the ball a lot. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have about four touchdowns in this game, so I think the Chiefs get a couple field goals out of Harrison Butker late in the game. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game probably 34-27 to or 34-30. to I'll probably say 34-30 to because I think Washington's going to move the ball a lot too. Yeah, I have a four-point game as well. Not so high as just because I, I just – just something about how I think this game's going to go. I got a 20-24 Chiefs. I don't have them covering the point spread. Uh, now, when I when I put something on this game, I'm going with the Chiefs on with the money line. I'm, I'm not trusting the Chiefs when it comes to the point spread ever again, <laughs> at least at least not for uh, a moment until they do something about that defense. But, Lance, before we get out of here, let everybody know where they can tune in, where they can listen to uh, your podcast, The Spoken, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. The Spoken Podcast, we live stream it each and every Saturday morning at about 11 o'clock a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We're on Facebook at The Spoken. We're on Twitter at The Spoken Pod, and you can follow me on Twitter, and I give you guys all of my hot takes each and every day at Lance The Spoken. All right, and so, look, of course, uh, you can tune in Monday through Friday on ESPN Kansas City if you also want to hear myself, Darren, and Sterling on ESPN Kansas City. Lance, I appreciate it very much. We'll, uh, we, well, I'll get with you, and we'll do something post-game once I get settled in uh, back at the hotel following the game and the press conference and stuff I'll on be Sunday. I'll be there. All right. So, look, we want to thank everybody for tuning into the Believe in Kansas City Sports podcast with our Chiefs pregame show. We'll give you a little preview on Sunday afternoon's game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Washington football team. Make sure, again, you like, download, and subscribe and share. Of course, you can uh, do that on all the respective platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Oh, gosh, uh, iHeartRadio.com. Appreciate it, Lance, very much for your time, and uh, we'll do this again real soon. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.